Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We are still in Daniel chapter 7. The reason we're still in Daniel chapter 7, this is the central chapter in the entire book. And if you understand chapter 7, you get a good handle on the entire book of Daniel. You also get a very good handle on the central fact of all world history. And today we're looking at what is termed in Daniel 7, the horn. And the horn represents a king and his kingdom. It's, it's a image of rulership or kingship. And just to review, there are three parts to this central chapter in the book of Daniel. The first part is Daniel's dream vision, which he wrote down, of four very dark and terrifying world empires. That's the first eight verses. Then starting in verse 9 through verse 14, there's the vision, the scene changes from these dark forces coming up from underneath the sea and emerging into human history. There's the vision in heaven, and heaven is a throne room central to knowing about God, is knowing his kingship. And in this vision, in the middle, right in the middle of Daniel chapter 7, again, this is the chapter that's the center of the book of Daniel. So really these few verses, which we've covered, is talking about the enthronement of Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords over an everlasting kingdom. Every other world kingdom will go the way of the dustbin of history. And then finally, the third part of Daniel chapter 7 is an interpretation about these four world empires. And then after it mentions these four world empires, there emerges this horn or this ruler or this king that ends up persecuting God's people. But the point of Daniel 7, uh, the point of Daniel altogether, the point of the Bible, (laughs) there are going to be several times in world history where it seems that evil is in total overwhelming control of this world. I don't know if you read the news much. I do. I probably shouldn't. It's pretty easy to just get upset what's going on in the world in some aspects of the church and just think, you know, things seem to be spinning out of control. No. This is what the center of this chapter, which is the center of the book, is that Christ has been enthroned. He is ruling everything. And there's just even a little hint here in Daniel 7. It says that the heavenly winds are stirring up the sea that gives rise to these world empires. Well, in other words, it's, it's heavens allowing this to emerge on the scene of world history. We need to have the eyes of faith. We need to really digest what's going on in the book of Daniel. In fact, Daniel should almost be required reading and studying for any young Catholic in school or, 
or college wanting to know what's going on in the world. The world isn't out of control. And that's the main point of the central chapter in the book of Daniel. Now, let's get to that horn. Again, the horn is a symbol of kingship. We begin in Daniel 7 and verse 19. Daniel writes, Then I desired to know the truth concerning the fourth beast, which was different from all the rest, exceedingly terrible, with its teeth of iron and claws of bronze, and which devoured and broke in pieces and stamped the residue with its feet and concerning the ten horns that were on its head. In other words, a symbol of kingship in this fourth world empire. And the other horn, which came up before which three of them fell, the horn, or king, which had eyes and a mouth that spoke great things, and which seemed greater than its fellows. As I looked, this horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them until the Ancient of Days came. Now, the question is, who is this horn? That's a pretty big question here in Daniel chapter 7, and there are two options, and I'll try to be fair with both, but the options depend on how or when you date the book of Daniel and how you count the four kingdoms. And not everybody fits in these nice two little compartments, but I'm trying to make it simple and clear. For those who believe that Daniel was written in the second century BC, in other words, he was basically just writing history and he styled it in prophetic form, the four kingdoms that we see here in Daniel 7 would be one, Babylon, two, Media, three, Persia, and fourth, Greece. And if you hold this out of the Greek empire after Alexander the Great died and his kingdom was divided up into four pieces and then from this remnant of the Greek empire arose the great persecutor of the Jewish people, Antiochus Epiphanes. We read about him in the books of Maccabees. So most modern interpreters would see the little horn that persecutes the saints. We're going to learn more about this little horn uh, as we go through Daniel 7 next time. But he's a persecutor of the saints, and most of those who are today called preterists or those who see these prophecies applying only to the past, and since in Antiochus Epiphanes, his persecution of the Jews occurred before the first coming of Christ. Then we're just talking about past history, and that's that, okay? The second way of looking at Daniel chapter 7 is seeing that it was written in the days of Daniel in the 6th century B.C., and the way you would count the four empires then would be one, Babylon, and Media Persia too. Instead of seeing these as two separate kingdoms, they eventually merged. So Media Persia would be number two, Greece would be number three, and Rome would be number four. And so the horn in this case is the Antichrist. Now, I mentioned last time St. Jerome, St. Augustine, Hippolytus all believe that the fourth kingdom was Rome. I'd like to read you something from St. Augustine, City of God, chapter 23, and 
this is at least my thought. I haven't read everything that St. Augustine wrote, but I find this very uncharacteristic expression. And listen, this is regarding what Daniel predicted regarding the persecution of the Antichrist, the four kingdoms as signifying those of the Assyrians or Babylonia, Persians, Macedonians or Greeks, and Romans. They who desire to understand the fitness of this interpretation, in other words, the fourth kingdom being Rome and the horn Antichrist, may read Jerome's book on Daniel, which is in print, by the way, which is written with a sufficiency of care that he who reads this passage even half asleep cannot fail to see that the kingdom of Antichrist shall fiercely though for a short time, assail the church before the last judgment of God shall introduce the eternal reign of the saints. St. Augustine basically said, if you are even half asleep, you can figure out this is talking about the Antichrist, which will arise to persecute God's people. The world will look like it's out of control. It's under control. The king shall come and put an end to that persecution. Now, this may surprise you a lot, but I am comfortable with either view. I'm comfortable with seeing this as a precursor of Antiochus Epiphanes uh, leading to persecute the Jews, but not something that just simply stays in the past. You see, I think you can look at much of Daniel and say, yeah, this could be talking about Antiochus Epiphanes, but to then adopt this, what I call a kind of a radical preterist view, or basically saying putting this prophecy in the dustbin of history is a huge mistake. And here's, here's, here's a thought. The book of Revelation depicts Nero, um, Basically, he, 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 at least in his historical context, when John wrote Revelation, is the 666 guy, the beast that rises out of the sea. Daniel 7, these empires are beasts that rise out of the sea. And then in Revelation 13, the beast utters haughty and blasphemous words against the Lord. Well, in Daniel, the horn does the same thing, speaking of great things, boasting, an egomaniac, a man who deifies himself. Well, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, even though I do believe that Revelation has historical references to Nero and what was going on in John's day, but he was looking through Nero to the Antichrist, and the Catechism of the Catholic Church applies Revelation 13 to the Antichrist, even though it may have a historical reference to Nero. Why couldn't you do the same thing in Daniel? In other words, it's like a pair of binoculars. The, the eyepiece lenses, the first pair of lenses in the, in the binoculars would be Antiochus Epiphanes, but the distant pair of lenses, as you're looking through the distance to the future, would be the Antichrist himself. And here's why. And I got this from a man by the name of Tremper Longman, who wrote a application commentary on the book of Revelation. This isn't supposed to be the heavy-duty um, scholarly book on Revelation, or excuse me, on Daniel, but it really gets to the point. It's, he says that Daniel chapter 7 signals a major transition in the book of Daniel. 
we transition from narrative, basically telling the story, telling the historical account, to apocalyptic literature. And apocalyptic literature is filled with metaphors. It's supposed to teach things by analogy. It's to throw light through visual depictions of difficult concepts. It relates them to something we know, to something we may not know, or what's coming in the distant future, or even the near future. So this isn't like um, the precision in designing a microchip. Apocalyptic literature is to give us a picture of what's going on behind the scenes. And in this literature, it can be in the near present. That would be Antiochus Epiphanes. But if you want one of the best precursors to the Antichrist, besides Nero in the first century, well, look at Antiochus Epiphanes. So the mistake comes from Daniel 7 interpretations and the rest of the book of Daniel is trying to screw everything down, saying it's either that or it's this. You know, it's either past or it's future, and God could be using the near future to look at the distant past. The big mistake, and as I say, I have no objection to those who would say they see Antiochus Epiphanes here. The big mistake that those who see that is to consign it only to the past, because Jesus warns, St. John warns in the book of Revelation, and Daniel is warning that before the coming of the Son of Man, there's going to be a great persecution, and that's why the central vision in Daniel chapter 7 that Christ is King, he is Lord of this world, we will have to hold that for all it's worth. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 158 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy, visit us online at luke21.com.